Awesome, Nathan. Thank you for being here. This is exciting, man. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so just starting at the very beginning, just your entry point to the music scene, I'd love to know how you grew up, You know what your influences were, and when you started perhaps going to shows and getting really interested in music. Cool. Um, yeah, so I grew up in a little town called uh, Louisville, Colorado. Um, shit, there's probably like 10,000 people living there um, when I grew up there. Real like uh, blue collar town um, and definitely not a whole lot of like entrepreneurship going on. It was very about like, hey, go to school so you can go to college, get a job, family, kids, and that's it, you know? Um, so that's kind of the environment I had grew up in. And um, both my parents were teachers. My mom was an art teacher, high school art teacher. And then my dad was a college English professor. Um, so school and like academia was like very like big, like I was saying, um, as well as then, you know, sports um just to the fact that you know my parents wanted to make sure that i could have a scholarship um to go to college you know so i did all sorts of different sports growing up um but the sport i ended up like committing with was basketball and i went on to go play college basketball for a little bit for two years but had some uh, knee surgeries that ended that career um and then that's how kind of, you know, the whole artsy realm of photography, then music, and then combining both kind of started to come together. But um, yeah, as far as like my first, you were asking about my first concert, um, was at the Fox in Boulder, Colorado, um, to see this band called Rose Hill Drive. And uh, me and my two friends went, and that's the first time I was ever like in a mosh pit. I remember, I think I was a freshman in high school. And um I was like, what the fuck's a mosh pit? And uh, it's like people just started going crazy. And my mom was like, dude, just you just go in there and just start fucking people up. And I was like, all right. And then, um, you know, I was just little. I was, like I said, a freshman and, you know, in there with grown ass men. And I, my ass got thrown all over the place. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, this is crazy, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, let's speak to that a little bit more. So was this a new metal entry point, would you say, was this something that you were nostalgic for, or at least maybe in a sense you felt a connection to, or did you grow up with a lot of heavier bands like I did, like in the post-hardcore scene, hardcore music scene? Yeah. So um, the bands or artists that I grew up listening to was of like a vast variety of um, several different types of rock as well as several different types of like hip hop. Um, so I always tell people it's a very like 50-50 um kind of like grow up on you know i've listened to all the new hip-hop old hip-hop you know new metal old metal fucking different genres of rock industrial i mean there's so many as you know there's so many different types of like rock genres but i listen to everything um but my real introduction to like um hey i really like this band was stained um and uh hearing their song outside um and mud shovel that really got me into like that type of music a whole lot more um and i remember listening from there too i went into like a whole like goo goo dolls uh follow you know classic yeah <laughs> and, uh, yeah so um but the band stained was someone that like i thought was so cool i mean i've probably seen the it's been a while and outside music videos like a hundred plus times um, I would just watch those notoriously on like repeat. I love those. So that's that's what 
yeah. really got me listener wise into um, new metal and just the metal scene is Aaron Lewis for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Big fan of Aaron Lewis and stained and really just the new metal scene in general, I mean, has made such a comeback in recent years, obviously. And I don't want to attribute it just to nostalgia as all things go on social media, a revival. Mm -hmm. And that was yeah. a conversation I was having previously, of course, with holiday Kirk. I'd love to know just as it pertains to your transition from photography into music, how that all began, you know, making music on a professional level and, you know, what is your approach? Because you, you do some really incredible work and I would just love to know more about it. Yeah. Um, you know, as a, as a little kid growing up, um, in Louisville, um, Colorado, like I was saying, the closest thing to anything musical I did was I would write slam poetry. Um, I was super wow. into like uh, slam poetry specifically. And I would look up all different like sorts of like YouTube videos on different slam poetry artists. Um, and I liked that a lot. So I would write my own um, poems and all the time. I love doing that, which is very, you know, is a very close like, crossover there between that and like music you know what i mean um because essentially you're writing lyrics you know it's just how you deliver it so i actually did do a lot of that um when i was in fuck, elementary middle school high school um but i never once thought about doing actual music and me being a music artist that was never something i wanted to be it was never something even like a crossover thought whatsoever. I was always just like a passive listener of, hey, like if I like this song, I like this song and I listen to all these different genres and it wasn't like, you know, I was like this musical, you know, connoisseur. I was just like, I like music, you know? And I did this uh, photography gallery called Nightmares and there were like these six images that I had shot and each one was named after a different insecurity that I go through in my life or will go through in my life. And I said, how cool would it be to add another art medium um, to the photographs of bringing in music and me being the one who's like singing and almost telling a story about the photographs through the music, you know? And so when I had that idea, I was like, man, let me try to do that. I started to do that. Um, and the songs were, you know, pretty horrible. But from there, I really realized, um, wow, this music thing is really cool and like a whole nother level of like open-ended creativity and ways to do shit. I was like, this is definitely where I want to keep my focus towards is growing um, this music career and actually becoming a real like music artist and um, doing it for real. So that's how it all happened was from that one photography gallery it's called nightmares you know sparked my idea of making songs that correlate with the photographs that is really interesting and you have a more esoteric background than i realized so you're talking about obviously the visual arts world you're talking about slam poetry this is some really esoteric uh influence and i think that's very fascinating so how would you say in that case, does your experience specifically as a visual artist impact the way you approach songwriting and music production and your visuals? Because your visuals are stunning. I mean, I've been through all of them and they're they're really incredible. How would you say, I suppose, it affects your storytelling? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, it's funny, actually, I had a conversation um, with my dad the other day and I was like, you know what I realized is if someone took away 
movies and TV shows from me. Um, so much of who I am wouldn't exist because mm -hmm. I'm a huge movie TV show guy. I learned so much from um, all that type of film content with, um, you know, wordplay, um, setting up different scenes, color, you know, all different sorts of inspo for me comes from movies and TV shows. Um, I mean, every night I watch a movie or a couple episodes of a TV show, like every night, it's part of like brushing my teeth routine. Um, so I'm just huge into like the art and the storytelling and the creativity and a lot of my songs based a lot of info off of, you know, kind of like the cinematic like feel. I feel like a lot of my songs could be good in like certain types of movies. And usually when I'm writing a song, I always, before I even write the song or, or uh, come up with an instrumental, um, I'm always thinking from a visual perspective of like, what type of movie am I making? And what's the soundtrack that's gonna go for it? You know, it's usually kind of the process. That, yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, that's exactly the way that I would approach fashion too. I love that notion. And I'd like to talk a little bit about, um, you know, I discovered you originally on TikTok and I know we have a lot of mutuals, but I think it's so interesting just the genre experimentation that you've participated in. So, you know, ranging, of course, there are no genres obviously anymore, but ranging from, you know, emo rap, pop punk, what you would call new, new metal. And yeah. I would just like to know, what is your philosophy as it pertains to genres and your approach to genres, or do they even matter at all? Yeah. Um, I think uh, genres are really just there to help people um, compartmentalize like, hey, this is a sound that I li like and enjoy. Um, but I think the coolest thing is being able to genre bend to where it like works, you know, I mean, if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work, but, um, you know, it's like a puzzle or even a, it's like a drawing, I would say more like more so or less like you could draw a guy standing by the beach, you know, a million different ways. And same thing with the song, you know, you could make a song with so many different elements and it still work just like you drawing a guy by the beach you could draw it a million times and it could still work it still look good and um yeah i think uh when i first started doing music stuff i didn't know obviously i didn't know what i was doing um i just knew there was a lot of different music stuff that i liked and i was playing around with a bunch of different stuff and really didn't know like what's gonna be my sound that ties it all together and um i think it's definitely um has a much more uh, dialed in sound now. And that's what I kind of like to call like new, new metal, you know, encompasses a lot of rock, hip hop, pop, you know, um, even some like EDM or electronic type shit. Um, and every song's different. Some song may have a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that. Uh, but I like to cover like all those, those elements, you know? Yeah. And I, it's something that resonates with me, obviously. I mean, I'm a fan of your work and I think it's, it's interesting to delve a little bit more into that notion of new, new metal. Um, mm -hmm. I'm just so fascinated by the genre as a whole. That's why I keep referencing it. New metal industrial. I do see these words coming up when people describe, you know, your art. And I just would like for you to talk a little bit more just about your current opinions on the state of new metal today. So yeah. you've spoken to the past, but I would love to hear your thoughts on today. Okay. Yeah. So check this out. Right. So I am such a huge, um, 
new metal advocate, <laughs> I guess you could say. And sure. um, I'm really big on, I want to see the scene grow. Um, okay. More, I, I would rather see the scene be successful than my own musical career be successful. Like that's how important the culture and the scene is to me. And if I can be a piece along the way that helps to move that and grow that and bring new people into it, um, that would be awesome, you know? And I, one thing I don't like right now, and it's, I guess there's pros and cons to it, is there's such a focus on nostalgia of new metal instead of the current state of new, new metal, you know? And um, an example of that is like, you know, if you're going to go to um, a party or an event, let's say it's like a new metal event or whatever, right? What's going to be played? The same fucking songs you would hear over and over. It's just like if you were to go to like an emo night, they play the same songs from 30 years ago, 20 years ago. And that's great. But like we need to move the culture forward by also giving that attention to the new up and coming acts or else like, you know, where does it go? Like how, how long are we going to live off the nostalgia card? Um, which I'm grateful for, right? I mean, shit, that's what inspired me. But also it's really important that people who are advocates of the new metal scene to also advocate for new people in the scene, um, as well as the OGs. It's up to the OG new metal acts, you know, to bring under their wing, co-sign off on people. I mean, we see it happen all the time in hip hop. You know, Drake co-signs artists, all these other, Travis Scott, all these other bigger artists, they help to move the culture forward by also bringing up people that they validate and check mark off. And um, you just don't really see that, unfortunately, that collaborative kind of effort in the rock metal space really at all, you know? Um, that's something that I'm just trying to do on my own. You know, I'm not some massive artist, but, uh, I have a lot of collabs coming up with other newer kind of metal or new metal acts. And, um, you know, that's, I'm trying to create the scene, trying to create an environment, you know, people have to collab with each other musically to help move the needle, just like it happened during the SoundCloud era with like Lil Peep, all these guys blew up and blew up their scene because they all supported each other. They were all doing songs with each other. They were all doing shows with each other. Um, and it created a bigger than life. Um, environment. And right now in the new metal space and in the metal rock space in general, that just doesn't really happen. It's extremely gatekeepy. It always has been very gatekeeping, which, um, you know, is a, is a downfall to not allowing the scene to grow as big as it possibly can. You know, I think people have to get their priority right. Or uh, artists have to get their priorities right of like, Hey, I'm an artist. I understand you want to grow your music career, but also it's bigger than me. And like, we got to create a scene and an environment and a culture. And that's what I want the new new metal wave to be is this like lifestyle, this culture, this camaraderie, this family unit, you know, and um, for my group of people, I like to call that like the chain gang family. You know, um, I look at it like each link is a family member. The more links we add on, the stronger we get, you know? Um, so that's what I want to see more is, um, you know, less egos and, and trying to bring people up. Like I'm working with artists that are much smaller than me on some projects, 
um, but I like their shit and I believe in them and I know they work hard. So I want to do stuff with them, you know, and I wish someone would feel that way about me. Who's way bigger than me. Be like, man, I like this guy. I know he's working hard. I know he's serious about his craft. Let me help him and so on and so on up the chain. And that'll just help everything grow bigger and bigger. And ultimately, when that happens, when everyone comes together to help, you know, push the van forward, it's going to be able to, you know, be pushed farther and be pushed longer versus just one guy pushing something, you know? Well, that was incredibly poignant. I, you know, I want you to know that that was an incredibly articulate way of putting it. And I'm adjacent to what you're saying in that mostly I'm a new metal fan, obviously. I mean, I grew up as a child with new metal and then transitioned to becoming, you know, a scene kid of the MySpace post-hardcore era. And that's where my heart is. The reason I say that is because I'm in agreement with you that nostalgia needs to take a backseat. It has run its course in all of these various genres, be it new metal, post-hardcore, emo, et cetera. It's done. Yeah. So focusing on the future is truly where we all need to go collectively as a community. And one thing I would like to say about that is I think new metal is the future. I truly I do. do. I think yeah. I so do too. I think um, it's personally like um, I love when you said I got to write that down. Nostalgia needs to take a backseat. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a fucking... <laughs> I got to write that down. I'll, I'm going to use that in some in a TikTok or some shit. That's great. Please. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think new metal is one of the most interesting genres because it's essentially a genre that can be genreless in a, in in loosely said, you know, give or take, um, because it incorporates so many different styles of genres. You know, what I mean, fuck, you could make a country new metal song. You could make yep. a pop new metal song. There's so many cool things you could um, make with new metal. And it's also very broadly accepted and mainstream to people who wouldn't even know that they like that style of music, you know? And I think that's what's really cool about new metal. And then there was a time in the 2000s, as you know, where like, you know, new metal and, you know, Limb Biscuit, Linkin Park, like those were the biggest things. Corn, like they, those, that, those, the, top of the chart stuff um mtv yeah the mtv right era. yeah big driving factor mm -hmm. um and i think you know the pendulum will always swing left or right and there'll be times where you know that kind of died down and there'll be times where it comes up and right now i think we're on the come up of that just barely just on the cusp and you know i'm hoping i can be one of those new faces to advocate um as like one of the newer og new metal guys one day you know so well, objectively speaking, that's exactly how I view you. I, I view you as one of the new faces of new metal. So if you're taking this very deeply philosophical approach, you will drive it across the finish line. So I'm sure my opinion is the objective opinion of many of your fans. So I think it's super interesting. So first of all, yes, to your point, I wholeheartedly agree. This is the future. And um, one thing I'd like to mention about new metal before we move on is also that, you know, they truly did, if we're speaking briefly to nostalgia, they did everything before everyone else in True. terms of the collaborations, in terms of blending styles, in terms of the fashion. They were underappreciated. Now, of course, they had a lot of success, but I think they were underappreciated for their time. If you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, you know, um, I think, too, just because it's not so Disney, anything that doesn't have such a Disney cover on it, right? Um, 
you're going to get pulled back from people and like scarcity and, hmm, you know, I don't know if I want my kids seeing that. I don't know if that's appropriate, sure. right? Like you'll get stuff like that. And I like that so much of new metal, right? It's just being raw and being real. And there's a lot of censorship um, in our current time more than ever. And, um, you know, we censorship art like a motherfucker. And yep. I think that's the worst thing to do because it's the most unreal furthest thing from actual reality. And instead of trying to mask reality with fantasy, I think it's so important to just learn how to approach it and face it and deal with it versus trying to act like it doesn't exist. And, um, you know, some of my songs are way more, you know, in your face. Some of them are, you know, a little more less specific about a certain topic. But um, I always try to be real with either thoughts or feelings or experiences. And um, I think more music needs to be made for art, not, hey, I'm trying to make a song for the radio. You know, what's what's Disney, what's quote unquote Disney, what's Disney appropriate? What's what what's what's going to do best versus like, hey, what do I feel is my best art and what do I like? I think a lot of musicians right now um, aren't making music for art. They're making music for just like, hey, we got to put something out. What's going to do best stream wise? Um, is that going to be good for radio? Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that I'll get canceled like I just think that's the wrong way to approach any sort of art project. Um, sure. You know, it becomes, uh, you know, watered down art. And I think that's just terrible. And I don't have any respect for artists um, who, you know, try to play the safe card. Um, I like artists who are just real and raw about whatever their feelings are. I have the most up, um, most amount of respect for artists who do do that. Yeah, that's that's very wise. I mean, I've certainly even thought about that myself as it pertains to looking out at the community and saying, you know, are people self-censoring? You do see a lot more self-censorship going on now than you did in years past. And to your point, that is just because of the social climate. People are a little bit too self-critical. And I'm hoping things swing back, as you said, with the pendulum to a place whereby people are less self-critical and they can just let, you know, anything out that they're feeling. And um, that really brings me uh, to the next question is elaborating on your artistic philosophy, your art, your art specifically. Um, and you emphasize obviously turning life experiences into art. Can you share how your personal experiences have shaped your music? Yeah. So um, that's a great question, man. Um, so for the longest time, uh, I always uh, kept it quiet that you know i have some learning disabilities and that i'm autistic because i didn't want to get picked on but a lot of people already knew that i was in these special ed classes especially through like grade school and stuff um so i always had a certain type of um perception at me um and so that caused me to kind of callous and harden to be a certain way and deal with certain people and you know kind of have a wall up with things um, and a lot of my music, when I talk about certain things, especially the more aggressive stuff, um, really pulls from that memory box of 
when I was in those situations where, you know, I was really singled out just because of um, being in the special ed classes and my learning disabilities and everything. But I always like to say that when it comes to autism and having autism, um, I think it's really like a superpower. And if you're, if you have, if let's hypothetically, right, if you have an actual superpower and your superpower is to be invisible, then don't try to fly because that's not your superpower. Your superpower is to be invisible. So once you understand, like someone with autism or other people have autism, once you understand what your pros or what your strengths and weaknesses are with your autism, you can really dial into your strength and you have this like uh, abnormal human strength that most people don't have. Each person with like autism, I've seemed to know, especially with myself, like I have certain things that I know other people probably can't even compare to the capacity of what I'm able to do. You know what I mean? Um, and so I just try to utilize all my strengths and also understand all my weaknesses, you know, and I don't try to do things that would require my weaknesses. I try to do things that would require my strengths. Um, so that is a huge factor in how I make music. And again, right, like my strength, the reason why I watch so much TV and movies is um, like after the day is done, I get like super tired and just kind of, you know, I don't feel like well sometimes, you know, and what helps me feel well is like the movies and the TV shows. Right. And so I'm aware that like one of my greatest things is uh, I have such an obsession with TV shows and movies and that whole form of art study. So that's where I, you know, dive into my creative box and utilize that to help um, excel like the music creation and things. And that's just one of many examples of, of stuff. Um, but that's the overall gist of it, you know. And I know I really appreciate you sharing that. I, I know our audience will appreciate it, especially because um, uh, autism awareness is something that is incredibly important. Um, I, I myself am autistic. I was diagnosed as a child, it, which is a time when it was very challenging as well. And I've been called all sorts of horrible things by teachers. So I understand. I think you and I empathize with one another. So I appreciate you for sharing that. Um, yeah. Like, dude, and uh, let's see, fucking first. I think in second grade, man, I could, uh, and I just couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't count past 13. Fair know? enough. And so it was just, things were just harder. I mean, it's, it's different now. And I'm, you know, developing of like i said there's so many different things where like i have strengths in there's things where i have weaknesses in um as you as you know with that um and it affects each person differently but trying to understand what your strengths are with it and what your weaknesses are with it can really help you actually use it to kind of be like this superpower you know i agree so before we segue i would like to touch a little bit more on that Specifically, the notion that if you are on the spectrum, be it autism or something else on the spectrum, what have you noticed have been a few of those strains? Because the school system, for example, doesn't really cater to people who have a deep interest in art, for example. You know, they always try to push you into a box and yeah. you don't have the ability. So they're relegating your intellect based on a criteria that's outdated. So I'd like to know. What might be some of the strengths that you perceived about yourself being on the spectrum? Yeah, I mean, I have very narrowed interests. Um, I, I'm only in, like really into like certain things. And when I get into interested into something, um, I'm like all in. And that's a helps me to be good at things. You know, help me to become a really good photographer. It's helped me to start to develop this music career. Um, 
anything that I've been, you know, very intrigued by, um, there's like this obsession and like this, like OCD-ness about having it be like perfect and the best that it can be. Um, as well as like my body doesn't really have like a radar meter of like, Hey, you're exhausted. Take a break. It just kind of goes until it crashes. Um, which again, good and bad, um, just depends on the situation, but those are just to name a few things that, um, can help me with it is there's kind of not this like threshold of like stopping. It's just like, we got to keep going. We got to keep going. And I can not really be aware of like how tired I'm actually getting or how much I'm burning myself out. And then, you know, I experience like burnout for a couple of days where I'm just like exhausted and can't do anything, you know? Yeah. And that's what helps you have that discipline and push through those obstacles. That's what makes you a great artist is because you can literally basically just be up all night doing what you need to do. And to your point, you might not have a metric of when you're tired, but you're able just to conquer all your goals. So I appreciate you saying that. Hit like a wall, you know, and I was like, oh shit, I'm, I'm about to fall asleep right here. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, but I, don't, I don't ever like, I, I, uh, I'm definitely not someone to pull, like pull a what was me card by saying like I have autism. Um, I don't look at it like that whatsoever. Um, like I said, I look at it as having as like, hey, we're all different. We all have different, you know, strengths, weaknesses, struggles, ups and downs and things. Um, this is one of, you know, this is one of mine and I and I know how to utilize it in my favor and uh, as, to the best that I can. Now, there's definitely times where, um, you know, it plays a massive disadvantage for me, but I try to stay away from situations like that as much as possible. Yeah, no, I totally understand. And I suppose on that note, looking at your career thus far, all things considered, what have been some of your challenges and triumphs? Maybe some special moments that you've experienced. I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, um, man, um, so blessed that I was able to have um, and continue to have such an amazing photography career. Um, you know, definitely there's not many people who can, you know, say that they were able to have a photography career like I've had was shooting the types of people I've shot as well as brands, um, A-list artists, A-list brands, you know, all sorts of variety of things. So very thankful to even be able to have a full-time career um, from that. Um, and then also being able to, you know, transfer that over into now doing music and photography full time while the music is continuing to grow and grow. So, um, you know, very just like humbled and aware of that fortunateness or whatever you'd call that, I guess. And um, that just feels good because, um, you know, in school, right, I was not someone who excelled like I would not excel in like a typical workforce environment. I definitely excel more in where I can kind of have my own schedule, my own rules, my own thoughts. Uh, so I'm just grateful that I've been able to be, you know, an independent creator, contractor um, in both photography and now starting to do it with the music stuff, you know? So super thankful for that. And anytime that I'm able to help like another photographer or creative, um, I love to just puke up information on do's and don'ts and what's worked for me and 
any type of knowledge I can give to people to help them out. I'm always um, trying to give, I'm an open gate, not a gatekeeper. So I always try to give as much information and knowledge I can to help other people. I believe in like the good karma thing. Yeah, totally agreed. No, I appreciate you saying that. It's so important. And, you know, kind of coming off of that thought, you know, speaking to social media, you know, speaking to networking, things like that. You know, I'd love to hear your thoughts just upon, you know, this new era of social media that we're in with TikTok. Not super new, but certainly, I mean, you have blown up on social media and it's been really cool watching you. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on just what, how you feel about social media as a whole, what fan engagement has been like, and just any experiences that you can relate to dealing with social media. As any creator using social media, whatever your art or business is, it's literally a juggling game of what works and what doesn't, as well as what do you want to create in a market where you know you have to create also um, to appeal why people should care, you know, about what you're creating. Um, so that can be hard. And um, I think it's such a nice tool, though, and a vessel, right? Because it gives everyone pretty much a, f a pretty even shot at being able to also have like an opportunity. Um, so I'm a big, you know, I'm a supporter of all the social media stuff. I'm just more, um, interested in where could social media evolve from here? I think it's going to be in like the virtual, you know, uh, VR kind of space, or maybe some sort of chip, you know, that goes in you, you see it in your brain. I think, I, I don't know. I don't know where it'll go from here, but I'm always fascinated with like, you know, where will the next thing be or will these apps just now start to evolve? Because I don't think, I don't think they'll be, you know, Hey, you know, now there's 40 apps you got to post on every day. You know, I just think there'll be these kind of select few. I think, I don't think it'll change too much, but I think what will start to change is the apps will start to adapt. And we've already seen that with YouTube creating like YouTube shorts, you know, they've, adapt they've added we've seen instagram add the story feature like snapchat and add reels and you know we see like you know now it has a broadcast channel kind of similar kind of they're kind of trying to play off of like what discord does a little bit there i think um so i just think we'll start to see these kind of powerhouse social medias adapt to try to squash and kill all these other apps that are trying to come up or they'll buy it out or they'll take the idea and you know make it bigger on their channel so i think it's always important just as an artist to be aware of what's happening with the internet and social media and being open to know how to pivot of like hey i used to do this all the time and that worked great but that doesn't work anymore i gotta find what the new thing is now to promote my music and my artistry as an as an artist you know and so always being on the know of okay Maybe this worked two years ago, but doesn't work as good now. And there's something else that works better. So I'm always trying to be in the know of like, what's, what's the newest thing before it becomes super popular so I can get the biggest advantage from it first. Cause usually the people who, you know, seem to discover it first, reap the biggest benefits from it. Let's speak to that. Let's speak to a more philosophical component of exactly what you're saying, which is the way things are trending in the future with AI and you as an artist making use of AI, for example, 
Mm. Um, because I think it's very poignant that you kind of gave this really good, you know, business and social media game to people, but yeah. they see it also because there's so much nihilism now. They see it as, well, AI is coming in in three years. AI is coming in in two years and one year. What is your take on AI and where do you see things headed as an artist? I believe AI is the future and we haven't seen um, so much of what it's going to do yet because it's going to take some time for people to catch on. For example, when TikTok first came around, it took some time for artists to swallow the pill of shit. If I'm an artist and I need, if I'm a new developing artist or even a current already successful artist, I gotta be on TikTok or else I'm going to fall behind the times, you know? And I think that will eventually happen with AI. Just it hasn't had enough um, time for people to accept it, digest it, know exactly how it works. That's the biggest reason, right? Why people don't do something is because they don't know how it works and they feel uncomfortable trying it. Once people feel comfortable and know how to do it, I mean, shit, that's, that's when I think we'll really start to see it come together. Because even me, I want to use AI. I just am not too sure of how I can make it happen for me quite yet. Um, but I mean, if it's going to save me time and allow me to create more and better and more consistent content, I know that me putting out more content is an opportunity for me to grow more and grow faster and bigger. Um, so it's something I've been watching, studying. And I mean, I guess I use a little a bit with like captions and stuff like that. You know, it's able to read your uh, lyrics, what you're saying, and put the words automatically in there. And, you know, there's some, there's some things that I already used lightly with it, but on a big scale of things, um, I mean, it can think for us. So now it's about us just thinking about how do we want AI to think for us so that we can benefit from it. You know, like I could put into chat GBT, like, hey, help me come up with five ideas to market a song about mental health or something, you know? Sure. And I'm curious to see, you know, I'm sure that would help me in some way to give me enough information to come up with a, you know, concrete answer, an idea of things, you know? Yeah, no, I like the way you stated that. Uh, people just haven't had enough exposure to it, certainly, yeah. but I'm glad you're embracing it, of course. Yeah, you um, got to, right? Just like, mm -hmm. you know, don't, that's what, that's the worst thing you see with like the quote unquote older or new, or sorry, older or OG art, artist is mm -hmm. uh, they don't ever adapt. And that's something I said to myself is I don't ever want to be the artist who can't adapt further than when they came into the business and oh uh, you know this is how i do it so i've always done it i don't know how to do those things these kids nowadays da, da, da. like i don't want to be that guy you know you gotta it's a business you know we gotta we gotta adapt you know everything is always changing and progressing I agree. That's very smart. And before we continue, I would like to just touch back very briefly on on something we had mentioned earlier regarding the theatrics of your performances, the theatrics of your music, your videos, your visuals. You mentioned that you really are into movies, of course. I want to know what some of your favorite movies are. I'd be very curious to know. Yeah. Um, okay. So I'm definitely not the greatest at remembering names of movies. 
Um, Same. I've seen so many movies, but I could probably only name 10% of the mm -hmm. names of those movies. Sure. Um, but some of my favorite movies were definitely like all the Rocky movies. And uh, I think I relate to that so much because in those Rocky movies, right, he was always per perceived as the underdog, the stupid guy. You know, he was the underdog. He was the not so smart guy, but yet he came up, he conquered and became the champion. Um, so I think I love that whole like storyline. I relate to that a lot. And um, I always like any type of movies that's like um, a thriller. You know, I love when someone goes missing and they come back and get vengeance. <laughs> I love that. Um, where like they survive, you know, the, the, the being taken away and, you know, they kill off the bad guys. Like I love those types of movies. I'm not really into the, to the comedies, I really just like um, either horror or thriller or action. Um, and I, yeah, that's kind of like my main go-tos. Yeah, no, that's, that sounds great. I mean, it's just interesting because again, I, you know, I really encourage everybody who's listening to really check out your visuals. I mean, they're super profound. I, you know, I don't say that with hyperbole. I mean, they're really, really fucking cool. So people are gonna see that theatrical, yeah. Falling on a budget with those, um, this next music video um, I just shot a couple days ago. It's for a song I'm going to release in February called Inner Side of Me. And um, this was the, f I, I, I had built a set, like a, like a, a film set kind of in my garage with like made walls, tarp. I built like this uh, metal cage and wires and tubes with liquid running through it to kind of symbolize like this mad scientist kind of look. And um, you'll see in like the cover photo and the music video um, what I'm talking about. But stuff like that feels so good because the fact that I made that, it's such a one of one. No one else, you know, like can get that shot unless they go build what exactly what I built. So I'm really, really excited um, about the visuals of this next one. It's really cool. You know, like Perfect. Well, yeah, I'm excited too. And I think that brings us to our last question in that case, because it's all about the future, right? I mean, really the yeah. motif of this, it's about the future. So what are you working on? What are your future projects? What are your future collaborations? What can everyone look forward to? Yeah, um, future-wise for 2024, um, I'm going to be putting out a minimum of eight singles. Um, depending on how you know those earlier singles go will dictate if I put out a few more songs or package up like an EP or an album, album thing at the end of the year. Um, Collaboration-wise, um, there's a really cool artist uh, named Arenkai. And um, it's kind of like trap metal space, metal, trap metal, new metal type of vibe. Him and I did a song, uh, gearing to have that come out end of March. And then other collaborations, um, I'm going to be doing something with a band called Stain the Canvas based in Italy. And then uh, there's another band called Paleface Swiss. Yeah, I know Paleface, uh, yeah. I'm going to be doing a, a song with the OG band, Orgy. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. So I some, yeah, I got something coming with them, um, and another artist uh, named Matt Kelly. So who's yeah. very like new metal advocate guy. So we're working on stuff. So that's the stuff I'm I'm really trying to do more um, 
collaborative things. Like I said, I mean, I'm trying to put a culture behind it. I think, like I said, the, the more we come together, the easier it is for us to be able to push that weight up and rep it more times, you know? I love it. Well, I'm in chain gang now, bro. So this sounds great. Hell yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Well, all I got to say is Nathan, thank you so much, man. You're super inspiring. Like you're very articulate and nuanced in your approach. And I appreciate everything you're doing for, you know, both the music and the new metal scene. Thank you, man. Dude, I appreciate it. So that's what's up. Thanks, brother. Of course.